This is the Dan and Christy podcast. Dan and Christy. The Aussie Deluxe Angus is back at Macca's. Aussie, 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 yum, yum, yum. You know how I told you I get anxiety with security situations? Like hmm. whenever I go to an airport and I just panic that I've, I'm not going to, like, I've never do anything wrong. I'm not smuggling anything, but you've got to go through security. So I'm that person that always freaks out for no reason. And anyway, <laughs> yes, like, How much metal have I got on my person? <laughs> Heaps. <laughs> what, are, what have I shelved today? <laughs> That's stop, right. Stop telling everyone. Anyway, so yesterday I'm driving my car, uh, driving on the freeway going home, and it's, you know, a 60 kilometre an hour uh, road. So I'm just cruising along doing 60. Wasn't speeding. I'm sitting at 60. And I know for a fact I was sitting at 60 because behind me, at a nice distance, a safe distance, was a police car. And so I noticed that there's, there's a few cars behind me, but I noticed the one behind me is, it's it's a police car. So I'm like, oh, cool. Just don't freak out, Christy. You're not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Stay at 60, babe. You're not, you just be cool. Be cool, right? <laughs> And I have a problem when I drive as well. I often talk to myself and I'm thinking, oh, my God, what if he thinks that I've been on the phone because I haven't, like, all these things, these hypothetical (laughs) problems start coming to mind. Anyway, now, the speed limit goes from 60 to 80, right? This is a single lane road, 60 to 80. But the police officer is is still on 60. I get to the 80 zone and the car behind, and he doesn't start to speed up. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, I'm allowed to go faster. Christy, stop freaking out. Just just start to cruise. So I go to a gentle, yeah, I go from 60 and I go to a probably a gentle 69. Or <laughs> okay, you're not supposed to do that in the car. You may get arrested for that. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, 69, dinner yeah, for two. <laughs> The bad boys are behind you. Pulls out their hands. You can be in the back of the divvy van. <laughs> you know what I mean mm. to say. So then, anyway, yep. I start on, on the sixty-nine seventy, and I'm thinking, what am I supposed to do here? I don't want to hold up this police officer. Why isn't he driving faster? I'm allowed to do eighty, but now I'm just doing sixty-nine, and it's getting awkward. <laughs> yeah. So I make, I think, the smartest decision. Mm-hmm. which is just to get off the road. I see up ahead. <laughs> I can turn right. There's a just turn. Just turn into a ravine, into a lake. <laughs> you guys go forward. I'm okay. So this is you better for everyone. So that I, looks more dodgy. Well, then that's what I thought. Yeah. And so I, I see up ahead there's really an exit here. It, yeah. I can get off this road and stop mm. doing the 69 and I can do a, a U-turn and just let this, just let this police car get past me. Mm. So that's what I decide to do. I pull over, I get off the and road. And do a U-turn. Yeah, I thought it was better to get off. <laughs> so to speak. You were going 69. Want more of the guys? Hear more on the Listener app now. I've got a lot of people that know. are like that. When it comes to police presence, uh, they either make you feel safe or they make you feel afraid. Uh-huh. And I've got, I, I'm for whatever reason, I just trust the police and the government. Anytime I see a police officer, I'm like, oh, I feel safer. Uh, maybe because all my family, like uh, Doug, my cousin's a cop, uh, my brother-in-law, Nigel's a cop, sister-in-law, Fiona, they're all cops, so yep. I, I trust the government. But I've got mates, uh, I, I've got a mate, mate called Jarrett, that actually has like tattoos all over his face. Yep. And he hates police. Maybe it's because he's a criminal. Uh, let's not talk about that, but he's a really nice guy. But um, he's got FTP written, like, tattooed oh, well, across the top of his they're head. They're not going to like that then, are they? They're not they? going to overly like that. But I was thinking to myself, like, I'm the opposite. For whatever reason, I trust strangers. I trust, you know, the government. I, I don't have any trouble with authority. Should I just get I love cops tattooed on my, my face? You said or- cops, right? <laughs> <laughs> the new McCrispy Bacon Deluxe at Macca's. But hurry, it's only available for a limited time.
this is a little bit fishy. So we saw oh. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston was looking, as she always does, gorgeous at the Emmys. And then it's recirculated because this did come out uh, mid last year about what her beauty secret is. Jennifer Aniston, of course, one of the most famous actresses in the world. And she has spoken again about the fact that the secret to Jennifer Aniston's beauty regime or the anti-aging component because, uh, I mean, she's in she's early 50s but seriously looks around I don't know, 32. Anyway, hmm. she uses on her face via injections how do I even say this? Oh. Salmons. So picture a salmon. Picture a salmon having a really good time and having a little bit of an explosion and what? then the stuff that would happen after that sort of fun time. Okay. You what? put it on your face. Makes sense. You oh, with so me? caviar. Um, a little bit of that. Yeah, so you're a guy. ageless. <laughs> yeah, think about it. Wow. Um, that's some beauty treatment right there. That's uh, well acquainted uh, with my face masks every morning <laughs> from your husband. Uh, but yeah, that's going to great lengths, isn't it? To have that ageless appearance. But I guess it works. So she's resorted to that? And it's from salmon. Yeah, it's from yeah. salmon. So mm. it's, um, you know, it's just what they get from salmon. And you put mm. it on your face, these little balls of... <laughs> it's about to use not, oh. it's not the right word. Well, they do have... <laughs> Those, don't they? Those small fish, uh, particularly unusual. But um, yeah, we're a big fan of hers. Salmon Rachel cream, we could call it. I yes. mean, isn't that just kick you in the crotch, spit on your neck, fantastic? <laughs> Especially when it's on your face. <laughs> the Aussie Angus Deluxe with beetroot is back at Macca's for a limited time. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Yum, yum, yum. What happened to your gift vouchers? Because Australians have $1.4 billion worth of unused gift cards just sitting in their wallets or in their inboxes. New research has found, and I am one of these people. You are, aren't you? Because this is what it says. It's mm. predominantly around Christmas time uh, yep. gifts. You know, it's just what you get someone for Christmas. It just makes so much sense. Hey, oh, yeah. here's 20 bucks to go and get this or that, or there's 100 bucks or whatever it is. <laughs> and you said the funniest thing this morning off air, didn't you? Yeah, well, two years ago, apparently we got Qantas vouchers uh, for flights. And I need some flights because I'm thinking about going to Edinburgh in uh, August for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Amazing. And so it would be handy to have that. And I got a text from my brother and who works in this office, Andy, and he sent me a text saying, did you use your Qantas voucher because it's expired? I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but you're just like, yeah, we've got the Qantas vouchers. I use them. I'm like, what? <laughs> I cannot believe that this went under the radar for mm. you. This is, it's such... Two years later. It sucks because I don't know if you mm. can use it now. You might be able to, but I think they from Surely. memory put a year a limit on it, which <laughs> would they? make sense. Um, but mm. yeah, it was a hundred bucks as well. That would have been really handy. I don't know how you missed it. I'm pretty sure the email mm. said, "Merry Christmas." <laughs> Here's you your present. Yeah. Uh, maybe because I don't pay attention because I don't like Christmas cards and I don't like emails. You've so. got to check your work emails more. I've maybe. got about 11,000 unread work emails. <laughs> but th- apparently this is one in three people. They've had a gift card given to them and a quarter have two or more sit- sitting around too. And my wife does this all the time. I get a gift vouchers for massages and like going to a day spa and she just misplaces it. It's- just always. I'm like, did you go and do that thing? She's like, no. Nah. It's honestly yeah. the worst. I felt so bad when I first had my son Hendrix, my first baby, right? He, he's nine now. So this is a long time ago. And first baby. You know when uh, your sibling's having their first baby, you really get spoiled. Second baby, not so much. But anyway, for my first baby, my beautiful sisters, Kat and Lily, decided they went in together and they went out and they would have spent, it, I reckon, 500 bucks because they bought me a gift voucher experience, like a massage, a pamper session, a facial, like oh, a really yes. indulgent mama, take a break. We'll babysit the baby. You go out and enjoy yourself for a couple of hours thing. The only problem with that, and I was so grateful, but the problem with getting that sort of thing for a new mum when you have a baby, 
You just you don't, have, don't have the time. And so they would, and they work as well. So it's not like mm. they were always available. And anyway, time just passes you by. You don't feel like it. You're exhausted. You can't leave the house. This is why I don't buy new mums this specific gift. And like, Christy, are you doing this? I'm like, yeah, 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 Christy. You do and they're like, Christy, you only had about six months on this. You have to do it before it expires. And I was like, no, 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 don't worry. I called them. And I've arranged with them to extend the expiry time. Oh, I didn't. Oh. No, I didn't really. I, it's me. I completely oh, forgot it about up. it. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have the heart to tell them they wasted like 500 bucks on oh. buying me this experience. But don't they remember? Mm. Oh, they remember. They'll bring Almost it up. Almost 10 years later, they still yep. do bring it up. Remember once for my birthday, you got me an expired thing that doesn't exist in uh, the state that we live in too. Remember you bought me some food that didn't, uh, the company wasn't in the actual state. Oh, no, that sucked. It mm. was an expired though it was all well and good you could have bought that as a mm. birthday present but you just couldn't get delivery in this food company thing that i thought was a really good idea for it yeah it doesn't exist well john from harrow do you have any expired gift vouchers mine not so much expired but we i used to work for a business and we used to quite happily hand them out to people looking for donations mm. and i reckon something like 70 percent of them were never claimed Really? Yeah. Right. Okay. It's and not surprising. What was it for, too? Can I have one? Oh, so, 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 yeah, yeah. I can give you the business closed down about twelve years ago. So I'm happy to give you one if you want one. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, just for nostalgia's sake. But what yeah, was it? Was it, a, it, was an, it, was an, it was an outdoor hardware store up on the mainland, and mm. yeah, so. We used to give them to local charities and that, and but yeah, nobody. Um, yeah, seventy percent never came back and played. It's mm. like you. Such a mm. shame, isn't it, John? Because it sounds like it's a, like it would be really helpful. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah. So that that was my my experience is from the retailer side. So yeah. Bernie from Shepparton. Now tell us your story about gift cards. Yeah, I've just realised just a few weeks back that I have two gift cards that have expired. Oh, oh no! What what are they for, Bernie? It was just uh, the one that you can use at any shops, you know? Oh, yeah, the generic ones. Uh, Because, yeah, yeah, my mother-in-law always buys me a generic. You can spend it at many, many shops. It's like Big W. W, Yeah, yeah, uh, all those places. All right. How much was it for? Two for $50. That's really good, Bernie. I mean, not that that's helpful now. (laughs) Geez, <laughs> like, that would have been great if it hadn't expired. <laughs> so you're just sitting around twiddling your thumbs, just wondering what you could have bought for that money. Because he lives. To the shop where they may be accepted or not. <laughs> yeah, just feign it. Yeah, you know, plead ignorance. I always do that. Just pretend, if you believe it, they'll believe it. I mean, you okay, might get arrested. So. <laughs> yeah, or get a time machine, a DeLorean, and go back in time and figure it out. Beck from Claremont. Hey, Hein, what happened with your gift voucher? I received a $500 gift voucher for um, my engagement. Nice. And uh-huh. I um, was cleaning out the car and I found it under the seat. This is like a year later. <laughs> and I threw it away because I was thinking, oh, you can't use it. It's past the expiry. Yeah. And then they had that big consumer affairs thing about how they can't have expiry dates. Yeah, because yes, that makes sense because, right. like, you think if someone's paid that money, that's uh, goods yeah. and services you're exchanging for. And I turned for. it away. And you threw it away. Oh, no. For 500 bucks, was it an experience? Where was it for? It was for Habitat. Mm, That's my Habitat. There you go. That's worth 500 bucks. (laughs)
yesterday. Uh, a bit wet and wild out there. It was Fifty Shades of Grey, and I'm not talking about the erotic novel, but uh, it wasn't great weather. Uh, so I took the kids to the museum, which is always fun. A bit of history, a bit of art, you know. Uh, there's space exploration. There's things for them to do. They get inspired, and they get educated, and it's also a great place to take them when it's wet and wild outside. So I take uh, Maddie and Isabel, my five-year-old and eight-year-old, respectively, and I drop them off at the front of the museum because there is no parks. It's the smallest car park of all time, and there's a lot of tourists mm-hmm. at this time of year. And I drop them off, and then it takes me half an hour to find a park. It's oh just one God. of those days. Yeah. I just did four blockies, <laughs> and you know when it's really busy on the roads and like people are, are about to pull out and, and, like, and a park just appears. I'm like, oh, cool. I put my indicator on, and then everyone starts beeping me and tries to move me on. That's so the worst, isn't it, when you're trying to times. park? <laughs> oh, my God, and people are too close yeah. that you get anxiety, and you're like, can you just mm. back that? Yeah. And give me some space because there is honestly, it's one of the most stressful situations ever. Is trying it? to park the car, well, especially if you knew your your kids were just there on the, you can see them and you're trying to quickly get to them, and then people aren't letting you, and you got to reverse, and then the <sighs> indicator's going on, and then everyone's in the car park doing the same thing oh, because it's a no. wet day. Everyone's turning up to the museum at the same time, and I kept on seeing as I did another blocky, I'd see another park turn up, and as I got around to that park, someone else had taken it. Oh, so it was one of those days. But anyway, I found a park eventually, uh, about four blocks away, which is great. Um, but it only had one hour parking. And, of course, the kids took longer than an hour at the museum. So I'm like, oh, I've got to You go. took longer trying to find oh a park. God. Yeah, exactly. So uh, anyway, I uh, had to go out and pay for parking yet again, twice in the one day. Mm. And as I went out there, there's a family just in front of my car just taking photos of the number plate of my car, of my Nissan X-Trail. So they're just taking photos of them. I did not know what to say or do. There's just a family of four, and they look really nice, and they're just taking photos of my number plate. And I still, to this day, I don't know what they were doing. I reckon they were trying to take a photo of your car in -hmm. case you outstayed the meter, maybe. Like, why would they be taking a photo of your number plate unless it was Well, there weren't parking inspectors. They were just a family that maybe have been to the museum too. I mean, the first three letters of my number plate are CO2. So maybe they were (laughs) researching carbon dioxide. Dan and Christy for breakfast on hit. And the big question is... Did you get that? Who tracked the dog poop? Uh, Because dog owners in Bolzano in Italy um, are submitting their pets for DNA tests because they're cracking down on the scourge of dog poo in the streets. So, uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if this works. Insert it into the database. Police can track down and search for the culprits and their owners, which is not bad. At least uh, they're taking it seriously. Good on him. Because they say the evidence will be used to fine owners between 290 euros. Mm. And 1,000. That's pretty crazy. That's a serious amount of money. Mamma I mean, mia. Does it happen <laughs> with your dog? Do you, you'd always pick up after your dog. We, you, you take care. We are a pick-up family. So mm. we've got our gorgeous little shoodle, Maui. Uh, I've said this before and I'll say it again. The most beautiful little dog you've ever seen. Not the brightest, but that doesn't matter. And mm-hmm. so whenever we go to the dog park or wherever we go, um, of course we pick up. And the thing is this. I don't understand how people can take their dogs somewhere, even specifically to dog parks, where they're designed to play. Everybody makes it so easy for you. We're in Australia. There are mm. there are dog bags 
everywhere you go designed yep. to make this process as easy as possible. And it's so frustrating. Like even this happened um, a couple of weeks back. We took, you know, took the dogs, my mum's dog as well, to this certain big dog park. Other mm. people came down to the dog park. But before we all arrived, obviously someone had just left their dog's poo there. And it looked like we were the family that just didn't pick up after our dog. And it's really embarrassing because you, if mm. you start protesting about it, say, no, 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 we, we, we pick up. Then it's like, yeah, sure you do. Then why are you making a big song and dance sure about do. it, you know? Why is this big log here in the middle of the yeah. you know, the field? Well, exactly. I, I don't know how they're going to actually police this because the people who don't pick up after their dog are not going to just go, yeah, I might register for this thing that I'm going to get caught on, like searching for the culprits. Well, I'm I like, guess you know. this is where it comes down to the DNA testing. <laughs> <laughs> they are going to maybe it's Take when a you... swab. Yeah, when you register your dog with a local council over there, perhaps it's a requirement that you have to have the local swab so that they have something <laughs> to compare this DNA testing to, like whatever mm. it is, it sounds as though, you know, they've really had enough of it and they're mm. going to crack down and do something about it. Mm. This isn't the 80s. You remember like when you're growing up and the rules and regulations were not around in those days of mm-hmm. when you had to have pick up after your dog. I'd walk out the front of my house and it'd, there'd just be these big pieces of white stuff on our lawn or That's people would just mow it. what to the white dog poo? Mm. Uh, there's something that is a mystery that just remains unsolved because they were around in the 80s and they're just like, I've not seen a white dog poo in years. Mm. Yeah, maybe it was the chemicals in the pal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe this is easier for other people. Maybe you have seen this too. Do you pick up after your pet? We'll ask you on 131060. Or would you be up for some DNA traffic? Yeah. Does anyone want a mouth swab? You know what would be cool on air? Someone who doesn't pick up after the dog, you can remain anonymous. I just want to get calls from both <laughs> sides because... I don't understand why you would have a problem with picking up after your dog. It takes yeah. two seconds, you know? Or, or do you pick up other people's poop? Even better. L- maybe it's humans. <laughs> <laughs> there are no animal owners out there. 13, 10, 60. Dan and Christy. Let's debut this. It's Dan and Christy. The Dan and Christy. The Dan and Christy quiz. Are you ready for a quiz? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, will you please welcome to the stage is Christy Hayes, who Thanks. played Kirsty Sutherland on Home and Away for a good decade. Sure, people don't in need to the know that. Early noughties, uh, slash all the way through, right? Yeah, now people Hello. are going to message you be like, she's so up herself. Tell her to stop talking about Home and Away. I'm I've... up myself, <laughs> and I, I will ride your coattails to the Thanks. Valhalla, mate. That's very so, sweet. Uh, mate, I, I love uh, the fact that you were on Home and Away for a very long time. Okay, I would thanks. even quiz you about everything on that, but I already know everything. That's only because you. you love Tamman, Tamman Sursock, who oh, played my sister Danny. Had a big poster of her on the wall. <laughs> We'd still have one today if uh, my wife wouldn't take it down every five minutes. So we're doing a quiz, are we? Yeah, what's, we're doing what, a quiz. So what's this uh, about? Just the best of three, just to kind of get to know, uh, you know, uh, I just want to play that really loudly in your ear hole, first of all. Um, no, just to kind of get to know you a little bit more, we've got a few new listeners in Victoria. So uh, now Tasmania and Victoria have combined to become Vicmania. And uh, they just want to know you a little bit more. So I've got some silly questions. Oh, God. So, okay. Are these you know? naughty questions? No, they're, they're kind of like I'll, I'll best of three. All if right. you get two out of three, that ain't bad, and Meatloaf will be excited. Thanks, Meatloaf. Um, so uh, do you know this? What animal oh. did Australian soldiers fight in 1932? Oh. What animal did, did Australian soldiers fight? Whereabouts? In Australia. Australia. <laughs> I was going to say that would <laughs> make sense. I don't yeah. know. Not brown snakes. Is there something to do with snakes? It's not the tiger. Not brown, it's not no. the Tassie tiger. What is no, it? No, Tassie tiger. No, no, definitely not. You don't know about the Great Emu War? Oh, the ah, emu! The emu. Yes. They, they literally use machine guns to fight the birds. There's a movie about it that has come out in Australia. So, and the emus won. That's the funny thing. Emus dominated, and there's more of them it's than quite soldiers. Amusing, huh? Thanks, Dad. In which country was it once illegal to just own a guinea pig because they get lonely? 
Not Papua New go. Guinea. <laughs> <laughs> New Guinea pig. There we go. That's some that's, of good this gear. This turned into a Monday well, Monday. Yeah, just go for it. Um, do you know this one? Like, because animals need social interaction, and apparently, uh, hence the law, it's kind of heartwarming. Yeah, but they do get lonely. The guinea pig. What was the answer? Switzerland. Oh, so there you go. There yeah. we go. Yeah. They Didn't win that either. Utility yeah. knives, chocolate, and apparently guinea pigs. All right, and hit little me lemmy with, wins. with number three. Do I win anything for this game? You win a thumbs up and a high five. Thanks, my friend. And I will tell you to get out of the studio if you don't get this right. All right. All right. Uh, which body part did musician Gene Simmons from Kiss ensure for $1 million? Wasn't it his tongue? Because he's always like, doing oh his tongue thing. Oh, my good Lord. He's doing his tongue thing. He insured it for a $1 million during performances. Think it's about part of his act. Where that tongue's been. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wouldn't want to kiss it. <laughs> Get up with Dan and Christian. Dan and Christian. Right here on Hit. And I love Edinburgh, the capital city of Scotland. In fact, I'm playing the Braveheart theme song. Best movie. By James Horner. It's the best movie ever. Mel Gibson. William Wallace. I love you. Always have. It's a Broombeck moonlit neck to neat. That was a bit Shrek, too. It was a bit Shrek. Um, but stunning <laughs> architecture great. over there. You know, J.K. Rowling wrote uh, the whole Harry Potter universe in Edinburgh. Yeah, uh, I heard that. Rich history over there. Um, vibrant scene. And I've actually been to the Edinburgh Comedy Festival, like the Fringe Festival, uh, in 2013. And so uh, it's almost uh, 11 years since then. So I thought I'd go back. Yes. I've applied for it again. Have you? That's yes. awesome. So, because mm. Dan is so funny and Danny's a stand up comedian as as well, and you've never seen it, so he, you're saying I'm so funny without uh, actually having any any proof or excuse evidence. Excuse me, of that. I would say the song <laughs> that you sang, but I would get fired. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> if my stuff is quite blue, yeah, it's very yeah. blue. But um, so you know, you can't really do it on air. But you <laughs> you can hear Dan on air. You can see that how funny he is. I think it's really good for you. And you know what? You kind of um, because Danny's not up himself. He's so down to earth, which is awesome. So I'm proud of you. I for beg to differ. Believing... I like to blow smoke in my own <laughs> rectal area. <laughs> Every single day. But no, it is worth uh, going to do things you enjoy and love, uh, especially after having kids, because travel becomes less and less uh, time in your life, isn't it? Yeah. Now, I've got a big milestone this year. I'm turning the big 40. Big 40, huh? Can you believe it? Life begins. They say that. They yeah. say that life mm. begins at 40. <laughs> and so you're going to have to start saving your pennies and get across to Scotland. That's pretty bloody cool. Mm-hmm. Is this a trip with the whole family? Would you take your two gorgeous girls, you and Jane, your wife, or is it just... Cannot like, afford it. Yeah. Can't even can. afford it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, even like getting over there in the first place is about. I had a look at flights the other day. It's about two thousand oh dollars. So gosh. imagine taking f- like four people on yeah. that. And have then, a holiday. Jeez. Oh, and then a passport for each of them. They're like, like I know. <laughs> like by the end of it, yeah. and fifty bucks or something mm. for for a passport. I'm not it's bringing crazy. The kids. But I'll, I'll need to get permission from Phil. Can I go, Phil? Yes, you have my permission. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but it would be very emotional and moving because uh, I'm in a band called Emergency Poncho and we've done plenty of gigs over the last eight years, uh, my friend Jared and I, and he just lost his mother. So so Jared will be coming over there, so um, I will take him over because he said, I'm going to Edinburgh this year. It would be great if we could do a show together. And I'm like, well, you only live one life, don't you? YOLO, let's do it. You do sound like William so Wallace. I for it. Yeah. <laughs> I love him and I always have. One more of the guys. Please join us, the Honourable Anthony Albanese. Welcome. Good to have you back. Good morning, Prime Minister. A big clap there. It's been a bit bigger, sorry. All right. Well, uh, welcome back. Um, Wonderful to be here. Back in the studio again. I'm feeling really good. I'm Mm. feeling excited to be getting into 2024 Mm -hmm. and travelling around uh, to all of the states and territories. Parliament doesn't go back till February, mm-hmm. uh, but it's uh, been fantastic to 
uh, be uh, in Adelaide yesterday as well as Hobart <laughs> and to uh, get the opportunity to just chat with people and uh, it's a great time of the year. How is 2024 looking so far, Prime Minister? I know we're only 18 days in, um, but just everything that's been going on at the moment, particularly being on air this morning with us to talk about the cost of living yeah. um, and seeing the profits from the major conglomerates of the big super, uh, supermarket chains. We did a family shop the other day. We're a family of four, my husband and our two kids. Uh, for the fortnight, I think it was $555. <laughs> Of just trying to stock up the fridge and things like that. So times are so tough, aren't they? Yeah, no, they are. And we need to make sure that some of the cheaper prices that supermarkets are paying to farmers for goods coming through are passed on to the consumers. And it is a real concern. That's why the ACCC are looking at that. And we've uh, assigned Dr Craig Emerson to have a look at whether at the moment there's a voluntary code of conduct essentially that the supermarkets engage in. Uh, we're having a look at whether there's a need to mandate that mm. because I think people feel uh, quite rightly that they deserve uh, cheaper prices uh, when they get to the checkout and that's our priority to do that as well as other uh, dealing with other cost of living pressures uh, We've got announcements that we've made this week in the different states and, and territories, including Tasmania and Victoria, about uh, putting uh, solar panels and renewable energy into public housing to reduce those energy bills that will make a difference. So we have mm. uh, considerable funding uh, right across all the, all the states and territories. Uh, we've got uh, cheaper childcare, uh, cheaper medicines uh, rolling out, uh, urgent care clinics around the country are making a difference so people can see a doctor for that urgent care with just their Medicare card, don't need their credit card. But we're looking at other measures as well. What more can we do and make announcements in the lead-up uh, to the May budget to take that pressure off cost of living without putting pressure on inflation? That's the key. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, a, it's a tricky situation. You don't want to add to inflation because it is heading in the right direction, the last figures. 4.9 down mm. to 4.3 is good, uh, but we need to make it even better. And what is the government kind of considering for adjustments to maybe minimum wage to kind of uh, keep pace with the increasing cost of living? Yeah, there'll be another uh, hearing. Uh, at the moment, the government's considering what our submission will be on the minimum wage. You've seen uh, real wage increases in the last uh, two hearings of the Fair Work Commission. Uh, for people on the minimum wage, and that has had had a, a good impact for people there. Uh, but we've also had measures like a 15% increase on top of that for people who work in aged care. Now, that was a recommendation of the Aged Care Royal Commission. Uh, that's cost a lot of money to the, to the budget, but it's the right thing to do so that the people who are looking after our elderly, uh, the people who've helped build this country uh, can have a, an appropriate workforce and can get a decent wage uh, mm. for the service that they provide. So we have seen real wages increase for the last two quarters across the economy uh, for the first time in a very long while. Mm. Uh, the former government had uh, low wages basically as a, a key design feature of their economic policy. 
we think that we want an economy that works for people, not people working for an economy. And that's a really important like distinction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Prime Minister, you mentioned the childcare differences at the moment, or the increases and in, in different sort of things now the government want to do, which is great news for especially working parents and at school holidays at the moment. What sort of changes do you think we can see in that department? What's the idea? Well, we've got uh, cheaper childcare came in in July last year. It meant that prices went down instead of up across the economy for childcare. Uh, but we know there's more to do as well. The Productivity Commission had a look and made uh, recommendations uh, that the government's considering about how we move to a more universal provision of affordable childcare. And there are various models around the world that, that work more effectively than our system. The other thing we have to do is to make sure that we have a workforce. Part of that is wages mm. and part of that is training and skilling people up. I was at a TAFE uh, this week as well, uh, that is uh, training uh, early educators. Uh, that's an important job. We, oh, we, isn't it? We mm. trust people with our little ones. It's hard enough when they're your own kids, Prime Minister. Like, mm. it's such an insane job for, for early childhood educators yeah. and what they do with our kids, and, isn't and it? And they don't do it mm. for, for the money. Uh, speaking to so many of the, the workers, uh, they do it because they, they like looking after our young ones, they like the fact that they're giving them an early start in life education, but they shouldn't be penalised for their commitment uh, to our youngest Australians. They, they should be uh, paid more, and we know that that's something uh, that is important to attract people. Uh, but also, one of the big beneficiaries in, in sectors for our fee-free TAFE has been uh, early childhood workers. And I met some of them uh, in Hobart when I was there at the TAFE as well. And I want to know too, because obviously being the leader of the country who bears the responsibility for steering the nation of mm. change, progress, um, who was your favourite Prime Minister in, in your time? Probably Hawkey, really, yes. because he <laughs> was... Uh, I said that too. <laughs> Hawkey uh, was someone who was a bit of a mentor as well when when he left, when I was, you know, coming, coming up. I was elected uh, a long time ago now, in 1996, and... I used to go and visit Bob, but I, I talked to all of uh, the former prime ministers, uh, Labor and Liberal. Uh, I, I talk with from time to time. They'll contact me, and I think uh, it's important out of respect for the office uh, that I'm available for them. Uh, but I do miss having having Bob around, I've got to say, because he, had, he was such a larrikin. He used to go <laughs> every year as well up to Woodford, the folk festival up in <laughs> Queensland and I used to go too and there'd be a dinner uh, every year as well that was uh, pretty loose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> Hawkey would, uh, would sing uh, regularly. <laughs> and Any it, ukulele at that? <laughs> and, yeah. and, and it was just uh, such good fun and uh, I, I know that uh, he, was, he was such a legend and, and mm. he won four elections, Mm. uh, an an amazing achievement. Uh, And uh, Mm. just quickly, Prime Minister, before we let you go this morning, speaking of celebrations, because I'm Indigenous, I'm an Aboriginal, and it's a big thing about Australia Day celebrations. It's a big conversation amongst us in Australia. Is there viability or how are we looking about keeping the discussion going with changing the date of Australia Day that we celebrate? Oh, people will have the discussion. Uh, you uh, You can't stop that. And uh, people will have different views and I respect it. And it's a difficult day for Indigenous Australians. From my perspective, uh, the 
the day is important to acknowledge. There are three phases of our history, of course. One is the 65,000 years, uh, which should be such a source of pride that we live with the oldest continuous culture on Earth. Uh, the second phase is after uh, the 26th of January, of course, is uh, commemorating the, the, the start of the colony in New South Wales. And uh, that's an important part of Australia's history as well, uh, that we acknowledge. What I think is important is that on... And then, of course, you have the more recent phase with multiculturalism uh, here in Australia as well. What I think is important, and I, I certainly see it happen in my local community, as well as now the national uh, commemorations that take place uh, in Canberra that I'll be a part of is as an acknowledgement of that history, uh, the fullness of our history as well. So I think that's a way in which, from my perspective, there's more discussion about uh, the fullness of our history around that time uh, than there is at any other uh, time. So I think that's a positive thing because uh, quite clearly... Uh, there's a need uh, for truth-telling about our history. Uh, so I'll, I'll be celebrating Australia Day as the nation's Prime Minister. We'll have the, the Australian of the Year uh, awards and all of that announcements. Uh, I don't get to know in advance, uh, so it's always a, a fantastic uh, night. And uh, last year, the Senior Australian of the Year was Tom Karma, who's an amazing Indigenous man, who's made such a difference as a professor, as a, a, an intellectual historian, but also an activist. And uh, he uh, was, I think, a, a fantastic choice. Uh, but uh, as well, of course, we have uh, fantastic uh, Australians of the Year, uh, Taryn Brumford, uh, has raised awareness about uh, body image and those issues as well. She's done a great job this year, and the the year before, of course, was Dylan Alcott. Mm. Uh, so it is he's a, fantastic, a, a time isn't he? Dylan, big uh, fan. when oh, he's such mm. a, a an amazing guy, mm. and uh, he's he's become, uh, I think, just an Australian icon. Uh, he was pretty good on the tennis court, but he's doing amazing things off the tennis court as well. And so are you, mate. You do everything with uh, empathy, kindness and respect. And uh, we thank you so much. It's an honour and a privilege to have you in the studio with us. 31st Prime Minister of Australia, ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr Honourable Anthony Albanese. Thanks for joining us this morning. <laughs> Thanks very much. Always great to chat, particularly in the studio. <laughs> Get new pineapple fritters and pineapple sundae at Macca's. That was the Dan and Christie podcast. Dan and Christie.